Welcome to the Sports Spectrum Podcast, where faith and sports collide. Here's your host, Jason Romano. And welcome everyone to the Sports Spectrum Podcast. My name is Jason Romano. This is episode number 12, an NBA Finals Preview Edition. And we're excited today to be joined by a friend of mine. I've known him for about the last six or seven years when he first made a trip to ESPN back when I was working there in 2010. And he did the car wash. And he's been a, a longtime NBA player. He just finished his 10th season. This is Jared Dudley, the Phoenix Suns forward. He was drafted in the first round in 2007 by the Charlotte Bobcats, 22nd overall pick. He played in the Western Conference Finals in 2010 with the Phoenix Suns before losing to the Lakers in six games. He's played with some amazing players. Steve Nash, Grant Hill, Shaquille O'Neal, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, the Greek Freak in Milwaukee, John Wall, Bradley Beal, and even Devin Booker, the youngster with Phoenix now, who dropped 70 points in a game earlier this season at Boston. Jared Dudley of the Phoenix Suns joins us here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. Jared, how are you? Doing I'm good, man. It's been a you know a long off season so far, but you know doing my, making my rounds in media and uh, enjoying my family. Yeah, I see you everywhere. FS1, my old stomping grounds at ESPN. It's been great, man. This this has become like an annual thing for you to make sure you get your media in. And dude, it's like getting the reps as as you set up for whatever your next career is, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is what I envisioned uh, early on. It was, you know, I was a lot younger, and they always say start early while you're in the NBA of thinking about life after basketball. And to be honest, it's just something I just enjoy. It's something that um, people don't understand how difficult it can be. And that over uh, when you have the earpiece in your ear and you're listening to the producers and you're talking, it's something that for me to get better and better, you got to do it each year and, and, and take it real serious. But it's something that I'm really contemplating uh, possibly going into uh, after basketball. Well, if they keep asking you, you just got to keep saying yes, right? That's the kind of the way I look at it. If they, you must for be doing sure. something right if they keep asking you back. For sure, for Absolutely. sure. No. Now, you signed a three-year deal, Jared, with Phoenix in, in July of last year, 2016. Returned to a place you played for for five years from 2008 to 2013. When we met, you were sort of in the middle of that in your first stint with Phoenix. Now you return, you're sort of the veteran and you got a young team, a lot of young players, especially young superstars like Devin Booker and those guys. What, what was this past season like for you? Uh, ups and down uh, in the sense of love coming back to your body home, uh, closer to family in San Diego. I uh, knew my role was going to be a, a more of a leadership vocal leader. Um, and also to, you know, as much as my contract is, for basketball, a lot of it is uh, outside of basketball when it's just, you know, teaching these young kids how to be a pro um, on the buses, the conversations you have on the planes and something that uh, trying to groom these young kids uh, to, to get these kids ready for two to three years. Um, but, you know, let's be honest, man, anytime you're, you're in your job and when it comes to sports and you're losing a lot, it, it, it can always be tough and frustrating. And then uh, not playing, you know, the first time in my career where they wanted to go real, real young early in the season, it's like around December where I didn't play for a month right. uh, when I was healthy. But you know what? I understood that. It wasn't – and my whole thing was it made me even get even closer to the, the, the rookies even more and try to help them out even more. And, and that's why I'm, I'm here. I'm not here to, to battle with these young guys and, you know, and fight over playing time. It's for me to, to be a, a, helping, a helping hand to them. Now, who was that guy for you when you were young coming up in the, in the NBA? You were drafted by Charlotte, the old Bobcats. Uh, back in the 2007 NBA draft. I can't believe you're 10 seasons in now, Jared. That's crazy. But you were in that Kevin Durant, Greg Oden draft. And 
just wondering for you, who are those guys, those young guys, or those veterans, I should say, that, that kind of served as a mentor for you when you were first coming up? Well, first it was uh, obviously uh, Jason Richardson. He, he I, um, I was with him in Charlotte. We actually got traded to Phoenix together, spent some years. Uh, and he was, I think, a year, you know, like around my career right now, like 9, 10 when I first started playing with him. And he was just a good veteran. Took me out, went shopping, we hung out. Uh, dinners and everything, and then it transitioned to Grant Hill uh, and Steve Nash. Mostly Grant Hill, just because uh, we hung out a, a little bit more. But three great people to learn from, all successful, all uh, um, true professionals, and have great reputations around the league. And that's one thing, man. It, not only in basketball and in life, that it, it's, it's huge. It's, it's your reputation, and, and I and I really take that serious. So you mentioned the trade. You were traded from the Bobcats in December of 2008. You're literally there in Charlotte for a year and a half, and suddenly you're on the Phoenix Suns. What is that like for a young player like yourself when you went through a trade that quickly in your career? Yeah, it's excitement for me just because I was playing for the Bobcats, even though I was playing uh, a lot at this time, my, uh, my second year in the league. But you got traded to the Phoenix Suns. And at this time, the Phoenix Suns were one of the hot teams. They had Shaq, they had Amari, it was the West Coast. Steve Nash was – everyone knew if you went to Steve – if you went to go play for the Suns and Steve Nash, he got everyone paid. That was his huge <laughs> reputation. So for me, you know, to be able to play with him and, and be out there and be closer and you're on TV literally every week, that team. So for me, it was easy. You know, I, got, I got the phone call uh, during my nap time, getting ready for a game. So I'd just been traded. And, you know, I remember Rod Higgins, I mean, get my running shoes on, I'm going, going to Phoenix. And I, I remember, you know, texting all my teammates. Uh, I got traded, me and Jay Rich. And we all came out in the hallway and, you know, they said their goodbyes. And, you know, people were mad because we, we were a young team at that time that, you know, that we got traded. Right. Now, after playing, you lived in Phoenix for six years, played there. And then you played on three teams in three years. You were with the Clippers, Milwaukee, with the Bucks, and then Washington with the Wizards. Is that NBA lifestyle something you can ever get used to? What was that like, just going team to team to team every year? Uh, you know what? Uh, it was actually kind of a cool experience because, um, I mean, I just feel like when it comes to uh, overalls in general, when I got traded to the Clippers, I thought it would be the best thing for me, for my mm career going back home in San Diego and as you know as in basketball as in faith sometimes it's not always like that sometimes you know what you know you don't judge a book by its cover you never know how how what door is going to be open what's going to close what door is going to be open for you the next time and it actually wasn't a great situation for me and my family my wife didn't even like it there you know and, and her mom and sister live 45 to an hour minutes away and we go to Milwaukee where you know people thought that would be the worst thing for you. You know, mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be the worst thing for me. It ended up being the best thing. But God works in mysterious ways when it comes to that. Um, Why but, was it the I best mean, thing, Jared? Why was it the best thing? thing? Because it helped me me to where I'm at now in my career where the reason uh, the reason why it was the best is because uh, that year when I, when I got treated there, they were the worst team in the NBA. They were worse than Philadelphia Sixers who were trying to lose. Right. And and then literally me and a couple other veterans came in. We made the playoffs. So we really went from very rare when you won the worst, not the first like NFL, but it was very similar worst in the eight the worst record to the playoffs. It was like the third biggest jump in wins hmm. in like NBA history or top five or something like that. So we do that, and then I get the reputation of, hey, Jared's good with young players. And and that's what you have to – that's what people don't understand. It's like, you know, you want to be able to build a sign with every team. 
and be able to be, and people don't realize the teams that have a lot of the money are the younger teams because the older teams have the max guys and stars they sign them so for me it opened up my reputation to be able to get back to phoenix which is now the youngest team in the nba and i had this similar situation in milwaukee uh, so it was perfect in comes to that and then family wise it's super cold negative 30 degrees so you're inside more you're doing more family stuff and i thought me and my, my me and my wife and my kids grow closer and then going to D.C., great experience. Playing with John Wall, missed the playoffs by one game, but I lived downtown the city. All the museums and zoos are free. You're going through it. We're walking everywhere. Great time in D.C. And then now coming basically back home to Phoenix, man. It, it all, you know, like I said before, God works in mysterious ways and kind of circle back around and now. Coming back home has been perfect. Wow, such a great attitude to have, too, by looking at it as a positive and saying, you know what, I would have never gotten these experiences if it didn't happen. Because I know a lot of people, you know, I just think like the normal person. And I know you're an NBA player, so it's hard to think like that. But it's like the normal average person who's moving from city to city, year to year. I got to imagine that's tough. But, man, you embrace that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you have to. I've always been that person. You know, you look at the, you know, you know, the cup half full instead of half empty. And my whole thing, let's just be honest. At the end of the day, you're in that city for seven months, sometimes eight, depending on how good you are. <clears throat> and then you get to go home. So I'm here in Phoenix. I get, I, I, you get at least three, four months. So. You know, Whatever situation, even if it's not the best situation for you, it's only a limited time. You, you, you'll have a chance to get out. But for me, uh, all those teams, I actually never demand a trade. You just, you know, you just let it let it flow. You know, you, you work hard. You do what you're supposed to do. And and usually, you know, you, once you believe in your faith, you you just know and you and you pray that you know God puts you in the right position. Yeah, that's awesome. We're talking to Jared Dudley, Phoenix Suns forward here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. All right, let's talk about the NBA Finals. They start in a couple days. Warriors and Cavaliers, I'm calling it the three match. I don't know if anybody else has ever said that, but that's what I've been calling it for the last month. So let's look at each club a bit here, Jared. Uh, Jared, we got the, the Golden State Warriors. You faced them four times this season. They bring in Kevin Durant. They go from a big three to a big four. Let's just get, hear your thoughts quickly on the Warriors. I mean... Pretty flawless when it comes to you know NBA team. So much firepower, most firepower in the NBA can be can be a close game to down twenty within a matter of minutes. Uh, underrated defensive team where they just switch all pick and rolls and make you have to play one on one basketball. A team we all expected to be here. Uh, and Kevin Durant just made them more lethal when it comes to spacing because you can't really leave anyone open. He's picked his he's picked his defense up. They've been the favorites all year, and uh, I, I expect this to be a, a fun, inter entertaining series. Now, Golden State, they were awesome this year with the Big Four. You played now ten seasons. Are they the best team that you faced in the ten years you played? And if not, who is? That's a great question. Um, I, this is what I really believe. I, I believe when it, you know, I believe they'll go down, especially if they're winning. It's one of the best. Um, but, that Lakers team, when I lost to, they won the championship when they had Gasol, who, who was basically in his prime, Kobe in his prime. Bynum wasn't quite in his prime, but was very good. Lamar Odom was a six-man off the bench. Mm. He was good. Our test came that one year, Derek Fisher. So that might have been the other team <clears throat> that I would put up there with them. Obviously, the records aren't the same, but, I mean, it's hard. It, it's hard to go against this warrior team to be honest with you so uh it's close it's definitely close lebron probably had one of his years but I, I, i'll put the warriors slightly ahead of that laker team okay now how about let's go over to the other side in the east the cleveland cavaliers just some some thoughts on the Cavs. 
man, I mean, uh, you could tell the Cavs had up and down season, but if it, you know, if you had a definition of flip the switch, you'd have the Cleveland Cavaliers because <laughs> literally people talked about it. And it's true. I mean, it's a different team in the postseason. They've been locked in defensively better, offensively better, more in the rhythm. They've cut down the rotation. Um, the, help, the, the 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 more days in between are helping LeBron. Uh, it just seems like LeBron's on a mission, and that's why I'm so intrigued because the way the Warriors play defense, they switch a lot of ball screens and make you play one on one. Well, the Cavs have no problem playing one on one because they have two of the best one on one players the NBA, and then they have elite three-point shooting around the arc, and then they have one pit bull and Tristan Thompson that go gets all the rebounds. So the, the games that they are missing, he's getting a, a third of these offensive rebounds and giving them extra opportunities. And, and this is the one team that all along I thought had the best chance because obviously they, they did it the year before, but when you have LeBron play at such a high level that he's been playing in Kyrie, you add a Corver and Darren Williams who are going to be key in this series. Uh, I, I really don't know what to expect, but I, I, anything less than a game seven would be uh, I, I, it would not meet my expectations. So, are you allowed to make a prediction? Can you make a prediction? Who wins? You know what? I picked. I, I uh, predicted the Warriors before the season, before the playoffs. But I won't even lie. Uh, the way LeBron's played, I'm scared of it. <laughs> I am. I am. Even if they do, even if they do win, uh, even if the Cleveland did win. I, I would tip my hat, but I'm picking the Warriors just because of Kevin Durant. I, I, I just feel like with that home court advantage, I'm going to say the Warriors in seven. Okay, I like Golden State as well, so we're equal there. We're talking to Jared Dudley here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. You mentioned LeBron. You faced him pretty much your entire career. He came in before you got to the NBA, and when you first came in the league, it was 2007. LeBron was just coming off his first NBA Finals. He was 23 years old. He's becoming this great player, Kobe's there as well, and some others, some some elite players. Now he's won three NBA titles. He's playing in his seventh finals. Just give us a, a glimpse here for people who are listening. What makes LeBron so good? And obviously you've had to guard him, so difficult to defend. I think just what makes him so good has been his dedication uh, to uh, not only his body, but to his mind when it comes to film, learning the game, uh, thinking in an unselfish manner, and yet being a star. He's the most unselfish NBA star in NBA history. And that's saying a lot because you have someone like Magic Johnson, John Stockton, Steve Nash, but his, his unselfishness goes beyond just basketball. It goes in the locker room. It goes off the floor. They hang out, with, uh, you know, you know, for entertainment value. He's just always about the team. He's a, he embraces the team. And every year he's gotten better at certain things. And, and the biggest thing, from him is his consistency. He hasn't dropped. He's year fourteen. He already has all these miles and this. And arguably, you could say this is his best season since maybe one, maybe one year in Miami might have been maybe a little bit better. But he's more confident. I think just winning that championship last year in Cleveland, the weight of his shoulders is off. That was like the big thing that you know would have haunted him, and he did it in the second year. And now he's just saying, hey, all this extras is free money. And, and and you can just tell the way he's shooting the ball, the way he's attacking the basket. He's even shooting free throws better, man. So uh, when, it comes to, when it comes to LeBron, man, uh, he's kind of the most complete basketball player that I have ever seen play the game of basketball. And it's a true joy. I mean, I think we I think we – we crucify him and do all this because the whole chosen one come out of high school, King James. But overall, he's lived up to hype. 
He's been a, he's kind of like our Derek Jeter. He's super professional. He talks politics. He gets into everything, and he, he uh, you can tell he thinks before he talks. He's an amazing player to watch from afar. I can tell you that. Now, my brother Chris Romano is a huge Lakers fan, and him and I were talking today about Kobe and LeBron. The debate has been a lot about LeBron and Jordan. I think we'll just put that aside for a minute and, and trust that Michael Jordan is still the best ever. But from a standpoint of Kobe and LeBron, you played against them both in their primes where has Kobe or I should say is LeBron passed Kobe on your all-time list he has he has by beating that 73 win Golden State team mm. before last year he did not but beating that team that arguably could have been the one of the greatest not the greatest team in the NBA history and it's hard to say because you have the Celtics and Bulls but the record and the and by the average of margin they were blowing people out yeah Steph Curry's year, Steph Curry had a better year than LeBron that year. He was the face of the NBA for that one season. It was the stuff that he was doing was, it was, we've never seen it before. The shooting and the accuracy off the dribble from range. He broke the record from out of three he's made. I think he broke his own record. I mean, like overall, I mean, or, 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 yeah, I'm not even sure, but like it was just phenomenal. And for LeBron to do what he did, the, the chase down block. The game seven triple double like that to me put him in there. I think that Kobe's to be. They're both different. I think the only thing that hurts Kobe somewhat a little bit, and it, and it shouldn't, is you know they'll say on three of those championships he was the second best player, mm. and LeBron's never had to. Even when LeBron did team up, play with D Wade, play with Bosh. I mean, yes, those are two other great players, both Hall of Famers, most likely. If Bosh, you know, I know he has heart condition, but he'll probably most likely get in. But overall. I mean, LeBron was clear-cut the best player. It was his team. If he didn't perform, and when he didn't play in games, they struggled. And that's not the case when it came to Kobe. And Shaq was so dominant back then. So I think they just give it to LeBron uh, because of that last season. Where's LeBron on your all-time list? LeBron, for me personally, is number two. Okay. He's behind that. I have it here personally. Now, that being said is – when it comes to most accomplished, he wouldn't be. But overall, if we were starting, uh, if we were starting our own team, we were all a GM, and I had to pick a player who I'd want. Jordan would be my first pick, and not saying that LeBron. To me, LeBron is better all around than Jordan when it comes to top with you compared to everything overall. Right. But there, but but the certain highlights that I'd want of uh, someone. Clutch, which they're not saying LeBron is not clutch, but how Jordan was and the fear factor he put in people, and you knew it was time. I, I, I get, I add more value to that, and obviously winning. He knew how to win. He was a better free throw shooter when it comes to clutch time, and even defensively in his prime, I thought was better than LeBron. So he be one, but just what LeBron does, man, and making everyone better and still scoring thirty and all how it is, he would be number two past a lot of these other. You know, all-time greats. I mean, number two is not so bad. I mean, that's oh, for sure. for, for what we were talking about and dogging this guy in 2010 when he decided to to do the decision and go to Miami and now to be where he is is just fascinating and, and amazing really to watch. I wish more people, just fans, because you see it on Twitter and social media. You and I are both there, but I wish more people would appreciate his greatness. He truly is an amazing player to watch and we're watching a guy in his prime. So uh, I hope more people can appreciate his greatness. I think they will once he 
either slips and comes down to like normal. I mean, right now he's like, you know, he's like a monster and an alien. We, 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 he's not even of this world. Right. And once he's, you know, we kind of, it's kind of with Kobe. When Kobe's last couple of years, he was injured and he's this. It's like, okay, so man, I remember the Kobe days. And then he gave us that last glimpse, that last game when he went off and scored, I think it was a 60 in his last game or something like that. Yeah. And, and overall, we just look back on it like, man, like, you know, if you talk to Laker fans, they miss those days. And we'll be like that with Braun where, Man, like once someone else goes to the finals and it's you know this team goes and that team, like, man, remember Braun? He was there seven straight, or you know, three years now could be ten straight. And I think that we'll we'll realize, like, man, we're not going to see another player like Braun probably ever. I could not agree more. We're talking to Jared Dudley, Phoenix Suns forward. Jared, let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, this is a Faith in Sports podcast, and I know you, you you don't probably do a lot of interviews like this where you're asked about your face. So I want to talk about that. You know, you and I, we when we met back at ESPN six, seven years ago, we connected, I think, on a different level because of your faith. I want you to just share with our audience, you know, where your walk with Christ really began. Well, it became with a, with a single parent household. My mom, who was raised Catholic, went to church every Sunday, um, found a great church uh, in, in uh, San Diego called by the name of uh, Horizon, which is actually the high school I went to, you know, 10 years after, you know, going there as a kid. But a great pastor in Miles McPherson where I uh, went to, you know, they had a little kid, uh, children daycare. My mom went to the service. And mm-hmm. uh, Miles is actually a youth pastor for my brother. And, you know, if anyone knows, if anyone is like a little bit weird, Miles McPherson is a big time pastor where he used to play for the Chargers and now turned pastor. So overall going with, you know, going there in that church and hearing the gospel and then eventually giving my, giving my, uh, you know, you know, just giving my life over to the Lord in those classes where you can say that prayer and you want Jesus to come in your life and your, your soul and your body and take over and, and walk through him and, and do everything for him. And it's always been like that just growing up and it, it was natural. It's something I love to do. I, I love going to church and, you know, I love hanging out. And, and, and then once I got even more connected with pastors, uh, the older I've gotten, um, it, it, it's been huge for me to try to keep me on, you know, on the path because uh, I'm definitely flawed. I definitely get off the train tracks left and right, but the key is to get right back on, keep going straight. And uh, in high school, I went to Horizon, like I said. Uh, it was a Christian school. It was known for their basketball. That was the main reason why I went there. But like you said, sometimes you go to something having this, you know, having this perception, and then when you get there, you mean it, it, it was more than basketball. Yes, it was a Christian school. We had Bible class. Yes. We had chapels Mondays and Fridays, hmm. and it was something that you know, like may you know, you, you, some kids that got on their nerves, and then it grew on them, and then they liked it, and then you asked questions. So that's when I started getting more knowledge about the Bible, and and you knew like we used to for our, for our tests, if you knew the week's Bible verse, you should get extra credit. <laughs> so they wanted people to learn, you know, and stuff like that. And it was just cool, and then through that four years and getting that that prepared me for life after high school, going to college, playing in the NBA, trying to keep my faith and having that foundation, which I think is so crucial where let's just be real, man. Let's be real, man. We live in a crazy world. And if you turn on sports center from the Trump, from, from just shootings, you know, you know, a lot of stuff that goes on here, man, that, you know, that you got to have your faith. And if not, you know, and even with your faith, you, you can still be ridiculed and you have to be able to hold your ground. Is there a time in your walk with Christ that you kind of, 
I don't want to say walked away, but where you struggled the most and you kind of had this moment where you had to come back to him, whether it was in college at BC, Boston College, or when you were in the NBA, maybe early in your career, was ever a time when your faith was truly tested? Oh, for sure, man. I mean, and, and even now it's, te- it's tested even more. And let's just be, I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, you know, the devil, you know, he, he wants to tear down the good people. I mean, obviously, you know, that, that that's his intention. So, you know, the more successful or something you have, so, you know, at BC, I'm my highest, at my highest stake and going through a, a situation with, you know, losing friends, losing a girlfriend at the time and going through a crazy situation where I just feel like everyone was trying to tear me down. So trying to separate myself from everyone. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of acted, I didn't act like myself. I was such an outgoing guy. And I kind of went like zero dark 30 where I didn't, I didn't want to be involved with anyone. I just wanted to, you know, just, you know, play ball and get out of there. And then obviously going in, you know, the NBA where you're thrown, everything's thrown at you so fast where women drinking clubs, um, you know, going, you know, you know, it's a, it's a crazy lifestyle. And then like in, like in school or like as an athlete, you know, I'm always been on someone where you got to have, you know, your day to day, what are you doing? Your my, my routine. Your routine is crucial. You know, uh, you know when are you going to go to church? You know, because I really didn't go to church that much in college. Because for one, no one's telling you. It was a Jesuit school. Yeah. There wasn't. I didn't even have a car, so it was easy to not go. You had. You might have had games. You might be tired, test, and then getting back in the pros, getting back into it. When I went back home in the summertime, getting back in that routine. So, um, but yeah, I mean, hey, you you will always fight that battle. You know, to the end, and and that's why you got to have surround yourself by the right people. Interesting. We're talking to Jared Dudley here. Just a couple more minutes with you, Jared. One thing I want to do, and I think that's awesome that your your story and your faith and your testimony is there, and I, I pray that you continue to you know to be strong in the Lord and to be a great witness for Him in the NBA as long as you're playing. I, I want to do a little rapid fire, so go back on the court a little bit with you. I'm just going to, what I'm going to do here, I have some current and former NBA players that I'm just going to name and I want you in one sentence. So instead of doing one word, because I think one word is hard, just one sentence to describe each player that I name. You ready? Yes. All right, let's do it. We'll start with Stephen Curry. The best shooter God ever created. (laughs) That's easy enough. How about (laughs) Devin Booker? Um, Devin Booker. Potential star whose work ethic will 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 pay off. Okay. By the way, side note, he scored 70 points against the Celtics. You ever seen anything I like know. that before? Never. Never. <laughs> and I was a part of it, too. I always kept giving him the ball, man. It was, yes. It was a phenomenal night. It was unbelievable. I'm a Celtics fan, and I was cheering him on. It was crazy. Um, <laughs> how about James Harden? The most unique superstar, his game with the Euro step and, and getting fouls has changed the NBA. And I think we'll have a, a rule change in that three point rule of people getting fouled because of him. Uh, you, the, the most unique superstar in the league, John wall, uh, underappreciated, underrated and coming into his own. Alan Iverson. Uh, swag. Uh, he was the iconic of hip hop and basketball, and everyone's favorite player growing up because how little and how brave and strong he was. Kevin Durant. <sighs> Kevin Durant. Hmm. The hardest player I've ever had to 
guard where 6'11 can handle, can shoot, can make free throws, real no weakness. And I know people say his strength, but to be that tall and long and athletic and be able to handle and shoot the ball, I personally have never seen anything like it. Larry Bird. Legend, icon, um, gave players like myself hope that you could not be um, the prototypical athlete and still be a star and still and still be a, an elite NBA player. And uh, we all, myself included, looked up to him. Steve Nash. Man, Steve Nash, I mean, whew, so much <laughs> for this one. Uh, for me, it's... Uh, I you can go like, longer than one me, sentence with Steve. Yeah, I, I, feel, I, feel like, I feel like for me, I owe him everything. He taught me how to be a pro. He taught me, he, he, he helped me get my first deal. The most unselfish player I've ever played with. He gave high fives, even when I messed up. Um, a friend, um, someone I always look for for advice, but definitely someone who uh, is a true pro and and my best team that I've ever played with. Magic Johnson. The smile. Uh, when I think about Magic, I think about the smile. I think about there's no one that enjoyed playing the game as much as Magic to me. It was like, you know, the Brett Favre of, you know, them two, just their joy and how it was, man. Uh, I'm glad he got the opportunity to be GM of uh, his team, the Lakers. Dirk Nowitzki. Uh, best European player ever to play the game. Um, the, the the fadeaway shot, the one-step fadeaway back shot. He, he he had his own shot. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had the hook. Jordan had the fadeaway. He has the one-step back. Um, I'm going to miss him when he's gone. And, uh, man, yeah, best European ever. Another guy I think we want to appreciate, truly appreciate until he's done playing. we got three more here. Okay, Jared. Russell Westbrook. Animal, beast, uh, have a little Allen Iverson in him. Uh, the most athletic athlete, I'm going to say, in in sports history. And I know that's, such, that's wow. very extreme. It's very extreme. And I, I think that a football player, hockey players, that they saw him up, up close, his speed, jumping, vertical length, and, and, and how he plays, I've never seen any, including LeBron. And and people don't understand when you play live and you see him and he's going 100 miles an hour, to me, the most explosive athlete in, in, in sports history. And that's saying a lot. And, and there's probably a lot of people debate that. Because some people will say Jordan. There's probably a football player than Randy Moss. And, and I, it's not just one thing, Russell, if you had to. If we had to measure everything, I believe if, you, if he's not one, then he'd be at least top three or four. I mean, listen, we can't argue with you. You played against him. You've seen it up yeah. close, so you know. Yeah, but some, some, yeah, yeah, yeah. some people might say other sports. You know, you have a track. You got you know this. Because I'm saying in all, in all sports, like when you come in basketball, yeah. he's for sure top two or three. But, you know, he's that one athlete that I can compare you. We, we, in the NBA, we have a couple of those guys. LeBron's like that. You know, he was like that. D Derrick Rose was like that back in the day before his injury. There's certain players that's just – in an athletic sport that makes everyone else seem unathletic. It's freakish. His season that he did this year was just freakish. It was insane. For sure. For sure. All right, two more. Shaquille O'Neal, your former teammate. Funniest team I ever played with. Love keeping the the locker room funny. The biggest man I ever saw. (laughs) He he, um, was was a big kid and and enjoyed like 
magic, playing the game, and and having fun, and a, a true icon for the, for our game. Now I'm side noting here. I'm sorry, I'm doing this, but can you give me a good Shaq story? I mean, you play with the guys. Oh, Is there man. a good Shaq story that you can share with us? I, I've got tons, man. Here we go. Uh, let's let's just see the first one. Here's the the, the try to think of some funny ones. So. Shaq would always pick on Lewis Amundsen because Lou Amundsen used to ride his bike every day to, to, to the uh, practice. So one day Shaq took his bike while he was at practice and like had the tools and, 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 and like basically broke it down in like 40 pieces. So he couldn't ride his bike. Cause he told him drive your car. So Lou Amundsen, <laughs> Lou Amundsen, what, while Shaq's at practice gets those little things that you put in, when you're moving the little, the little pink things that you put in, uh, you know, the boxes to make sure, you know, nothing breaks. Yes. Lou Amundsen, Lou Amundsen uh, fills his whole car up in it, his whole van. So Shaq says, okay, listen, here, I'm going to get in there. I'm cutting his ponytail off. <laughs> you guys are going to hold him down. We had a whole – we had, it took 10 of us to hold Lou Amundsen for Shaq to cut his ponytail because he was such a big kid. I said, Shaq, why are we doing this when you're the one that messed with this guy's back? bike but he was so big it was crazy another thing Shaq liked, liked to do and I don't know why he liked to do this but every day he would come in he used to pick on the trainers so what Shaq would do he'd come in he would take all his clothes off and run around and chase these trainers through the training room and the weight room butt naked it, it, it was it, it, people it's not funny but if you were there it was hilarious to see someone seven one three fifty or running around butt naked trying to <laughs> trying trying to catch these guys it, it was hilarious oh my gosh that is tremendous we should have yes. just spent a half hour talking about Shaq. that's so good i know awesome well let me give you one more name and then we'll close it out here on the final question so the the icon the number one michael jordan the greatest. Uh, he actually drafted me in the Bobcats. I actually have a good relationship with Michael. To me, he, he made basketball fun. And the reason why he did that, it started a lot of when Space Jam, when you had something to look at, he was bigger than basketball. Mm -hmm. That's the thing about Mike is um, he's flawless, and yet he was still flawed. You know, he you saw his struggles in baseball. You saw his struggles in gambling. But yet he, when it came down to it, when the pressure was the biggest, when the stage was at its highest, and all lives were on Michael, that's when he rose above everyone. And that, to me, is why he's the greatest over LeBron and all these other ones because there's, there's – People have maybe won more championships, but when everything was at its peak, everything's at the highest, he was the most successful, and we value that more than ever. And um, I'm, I'm just glad to have had to be able to play basketball and had conversations with him, man. Yeah. Mike, yes. He's a legend. He's a legend. Listen, I'm the biggest Larry Bird fan you'll ever meet. He's my sports hero, but even I can say it. Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time, mm -hmm. for sure. All right, final question, Jared. I asked this to all of our guests on the podcast. It's a little deep, but it's a simple question at the same time. What is God teaching you right now? Um, for me, it teaches me a couple of things. I, I would say right now, for one, is patience. When you have kids that are young like mine, yes. and it, it, it's key where, you know, uh, to be the right dad, to be the right husband, and, and sometimes it's being patient and, and listening. And that's one thing in this society, we always want to rush social media, you know, food. We want to now, now, now. And sometimes it's being patient when it comes to your faith, 
being patient when it comes to your family. And so for me, that's a huge thing because let's just be honest, us basketball players and pro athletes, we're spoiled. I'll be the first one to tell people. I mean, we get it, you know, most of the stuff we get, we get it right when we want it. And sometimes it doesn't work like that um, in other factors. And so for me, patience, uh, and it's something that it's a struggle sometimes. And especially, you know, with your kids and I got, I have three seven, five, three. And you got to think about that when they're all running around here or and you're dealing with a lot of stuff, not only family, but we all have family issues and it comes to the cousins or that. So, um, and, and also when I'm trying to reach out to God and listen to him, uh, being patient to, to hear his voice when it's, when it's on his time, because a lot of, a lot of people want it on their time, but it, we're not on our time. We're on his time. So, uh, for me, it's patience. That's great. Jared Dudley, he's got Golden State beating Cleveland in seven games. Just finished his 10th season in the NBA, and I'm, I'm happy and proud to call him a friend. Jared Dudley of the Phoenix Suns, thank you so much for joining us here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. And that was Jared Dudley. We do appreciate his time here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. Phoenix Suns forward, 10 years in the NBA. He's not the best player. He's not the worst player, but he is a solid NBA player. And he's also going to be a heck of an analyst when he's done playing. He's really good. And he takes you in places that you don't get a lot from NBA players. Really deep, sort of thoughtful, and I, I just paints a picture and tells a story and a description in a way that just tells me this guy is going to be an NBA analyst when he's finished playing. So thank you, Jared Dudley. I'm excited for the NBA Finals. They start on Thursday night, and it's June 1st, so that should be a lot of fun. I have Golden State. I actually have them winning in five. Jared Dudley has them winning in seven games. I think Golden State's going to win in five games. It's hard for me to bet against LeBron James, but Golden State... I think just think they're they're loaded, they're stacked, and they got the home court advantage. I think that's big this year for them, and I like Golden State a lot. As long as nothing crazy happens, no suspensions or any injuries, I think Golden State takes this series in five games over the Cleveland Cavaliers. Thank you so much for joining us here in the Sports Spectrum Podcast. As always, we do appreciate your feedback, all the uh, compliments, the advice, the just the thoughts on different guests that we've had. Uh, all the nice notes on Twitter have been great to see. Please leave a review. If you go to iTunes and there's an area where it says leave a review, if you could do that, that would be awesome. Uh, we're taking all your reviews and compiling them and just uh, just really trying to think of something really cool to do to kind of reward the listeners for leaving a review, giving back. So just please do if you could. It would help to get the word out. Uh, tell people. Go on Twitter. Let them know. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is. Let them know about the Sports Spectrum Podcast. And listen, the goal with this podcast in all its entirety is to bring God the glory, is to make his name known through the lands and through this podcast and the stories and the guests that we have. Episode 13 comes your way in a couple days. Our guest is going to be the author, best-selling author and world-renowned speaker, John Gordon. That is going to be an awesome interview. I can't wait for you to hear that. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Jason Romano. We'll see you next time.